And in just a moment, I'm going to show you a video that kind of sets in perspective uh, the life of a mother and how grateful we are of them. But I wanted to start first with a question. What separates a good mother from an exceptional one? What separates a good mother from an exceptional one? I want you to just think about that for a moment because, of course, anybody in here, uh, you're going to look at your mama and say, Mom, you are exceptional. And uh, because we are honoring them, but uh, ladies, those of you that are mothers or have been mothers, what is the difference? Is it, uh, are you a good cook? Or is it because you, you kept a clean house or you kept your kids out of trouble? Or, or what is the, the one thing that we can rest on today that can make a mother go from a regular mother to an exceptional one? We're going to look at that today. But as we begin, recently, while visiting with a family, a writer noticed that uh, their sister-in-law, who was a mother, did not stop. I mean, she was working with her kids and her husband 24-7. And she realized that being a mom was probably one of the toughest jobs you could ever do. Well, this inspired the video that you're about to see. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Have you ever done one of these interviews over the camera before? No. Let me tell you a little bit about the job to get started with. It's not just um, a job. It's sort of probably the most important job. Uh, The title that we have going right now is Director of Operations, but it's really kind of so much more than that. Responsibilities and requirements are are really quite extensive. Uh, First category for the requirements would be mobility. This job requires that you must be able to work standing up most or really all of the time, uh, constantly on your feet, constantly bending over, constantly exerting yourself, a high level of stamina. Uh, oh, okay. That's a lot. For how many, like, for how many hours? Uh, 135 hours to unlimited hours a week. It's basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sure you'll have a change from time to time to maybe just sit down here and there, yeah? Uh, you mean like a break? Yeah. Uh, no, there are no breaks available. Is, is that even legal? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah. so like, no lunch? You can have lunch, but only when the associate is done eating their lunch. Uh... I think that's a little intense. No, no, no. that's crazy. Now, this position requires excellent negotiation and interpersonal skill. We're really looking for someone that might have a degree in uh, medicine, in finance, and the culinary arts. You must be able to wear several hats. Associate needs constant attention. Sometimes they have to stay up with an associate throughout the night. Being able to work in a chaotic environment, if you, if you had a life, we'd ask you to sort of give that life up. No vacations. In fact, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and holidays, the workload is going to go up, and we demand that, with with a happy disposition. Uh, that's almost cool. <laughs> that's almost a, a very, very sick, twisted joke. Or when there's time to sleep, or... Oh, no time to sleep. <laughs> yeah, all, all-encompassing, almost. That's exactly right. 365 days a year? Yes. No, that's, that's inhumane. That's, that's very insane. The meaningful connections that you make and the, the feeling that you get from really helping your associate are immeasurable. Also, let's cover the salary. The position is going to pay absolutely nothing. Excuse me? No. Nobody's doing that for free. Yeah, pro bono. <laughs> Completely for free. No. What if I told you there's someone that actually currently uh, holds this position right now? Billions of people, actually. Who? Moms. 
That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they meet every requirement, oh, don't wow. they? Oh my God. Bounce the fast. Yeah, there's no pain. They're 24 hours. They're always there. Now I'm thinking about my mom. Yeah, what are you thinking about her? I'm thinking about all those nights and everything. Thank you so much for everything you do. I know it doesn't seem like I appreciate all of it, but I definitely do. So, Mom, I want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I love you very much. You've been there through thick and thin. My mom is just awesome. She's awesome. Today on Mother's Day, we honor the women God has used to bless us so richly in our lives. And whether you are a woman here today that is married, single, divorced, widowed, God has a plan for your life, and he loves you. He's got beautiful plans for your life. And as we read Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31 today, there is no one that could fit this job description, so to speak, uh, point per point. This is not something, I was talking with a lady the other day, we were talking about Proverbs 31, and they said there's no way a woman can do that. And you know what? It's right. Uh, you're right, absolutely right. There's no way a woman could be able to fulfill every one of these all the time. But it's a process, and that's where we learn about God's grace, God's forgiveness, and God's strength and enablement through the Holy Spirit. But what makes a mother exceptional? What allows a woman to leave a legacy to her family and to her friends, to her co-workers? Well, Proverbs 31 teaches us all, not only women, but all of us, the key to being exceptional. So just a few ground rules for this morning, if it's okay with you. Number one. If you think this passage is written and is only to be applied to mothers, then you are going to miss a blessing. This passage applies to every person, male or female, young or old. We can glean a truth from this. Also, just because someone here is not a physical mother, it does not mean that she does not have these qualities or these are qualities that they also need to strive for. And also, believe it or not, there is not one perfect mother among us. Some of you are close, but there is no perfect mother. There is no perfect husband. There is no perfect child. There is no one perfect. Romans 3.23 says it plainly, that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're not preaching perfection this morning, but we are preaching a goal, something to strive for. Husbands and children that are in here today, what are you doing in your lives to help your mother become exceptional? I think there's something for everyone. And as we look at verses 10 through 12, the first thing we see is that an exceptional mother is a blessing. An exceptional mother is a blessing. Verses 10 through 12 say this. And if you don't have a Bible, there's one in the pew in front of you. It says, who can find a capable wife? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. 
She rewards him with good, not evil, all of the days of her life. Well, I want to define for you what a capable, or as some other translations say, a virtuous woman is. Well, we can use the word same. The first thing, the S stands for strength. A capable woman has strength. All right, and you know the next one too. A capable woman needs to be able to be able to withstand the storm. And as we read on further in this chapter, we're going to see how the woman basically keeps her household together. That strength is something. If, if it's like this video we just saw, how many men could do that? I don't think any. I mean, men, we work hard. I understand that. But to be able to do everything that our wives and our mothers do, uh, those that are around us, is just, how do they do that? I just, I just, the fact that I am here in this pulpit today is truth enough that there was a, a mother behind me that was strong enough to put up with me, especially during my teenage years. But strength is something that a capable woman has. Also, ability. She can do things that no one else can. Who else can have a baby on one hip and a phone in a hand and washing a dish with the other hand or, or taking, um, you know, a, some of you have taken your kids to work or some of you, I mean, some of you are caregivers while, you know, we have a lot of women even in here that work in the workplace. How do you do a, a 40 hour a week job or in some cases even a 20 hour a week job and then you come back and you want to just sit down and rest and say, Calgon, take me away. You remember that commercial? But yet, you still have these, these people that are depending on you, these children and a husband or a friend or a family member. It's amazing. What, when I, I've told people all the time, I thank God that God created me as a man because I don't think I could handle it as a woman. Women, you are built with gifts that men do not have. And, and uh, this is kind of funny, but there's something called a, a chair trick. And I, I, it has to do with your, your body's center of mass, but... But if, if a guy were to take his feet and put them side by side and lean against a wall and bend over and try to pick up a chair like this, if he tries to pick it up without his heels touching or coming off the floor, he cannot do it because our center of balance is different. There's videos and videos and videos on YouTube of guys trying to do this, but they cannot do it because their body is not built this way. They cannot pick up a chair like this if they're up against a wall. But a, a lady can do it time after time after time. Ladies, God has created you, not just with the chair trick, but God has given you gifts that men do not have. And I am here to say, thank you, God. And men, we have to understand that. And it's kind of like a, a balancing act. I mean, when, when uh, sometimes men want to fly off the handle and sometimes the women kind of ground them. And, and sometimes it's vice versa. But it takes both a man and a wife to be able to, to help each other spurn to be successful. And if you're not married, it takes other family members. There are, there are women in my life that are not my biological mothers, but I would consider them as much a mother as anybody else because of how they have been strong and for their ability and for their might, them being able to, to not give up. 
And then also efficiency. Efficiency. It amazes me how much a woman can do, how much a mother can do with the time that they are given. Abraham Lincoln said this about mothers. Abraham Lincoln said, No man is poor who has a godly mother. And to that I think we all would say, Amen. Because we see, women, do you realize, if you go back to Genesis, men, check this out, you can go back there too. If you go back to Genesis, what was God's final and greatest creation? Woman. Ladies, you were the last ones out the door. And in my opinion, he saved the best for last. What we see here in Genesis 2, verses 20 through 22, it says, To man, the man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, and to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found at his complement. In other words, there was not someone there to complete him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into a woman, and God brought her to the man. God knew that men could not make it on their own. God knew that when they get sick, they turn into babies. I am one of them. I'm telling you what, if I'm sick, the whole world has ended. And, uh, but it is, it is, we, we just are like that. And I say this in weddings all the time, but there is significance of all the bones that God used to create woman. Why do you think it was the rib? I'll tell you why. Number one, it wasn't a bone from the foot because the man was not to have his foot and lord over the woman. It was not his hand for a man to strike a woman. It was not for his head to think that he was better than the woman. It was a rib because that woman would come by his side and complete him and be close to his heart. That is why God chose a rib. Women, you are one of the greatest creations. You are made in the image of God. Men, you are made in the image of God. How do we make exceptional mothers? Is because a lot of times the man needs to bring her close to himself and work together. That's one way we can do that. But God knew Adam could not complete his mission without his helper. Those of you that are married, let me, let me give you a little exercise. You don't have to do it now because you might fall asleep. But when you go home, when you go home, try this. Women, you make them do this. We know that Adam was created as the point man. He was created to take care of the garden. Men, who is your garden? What is your garden? I'm going to tell you how to do this. You go home. You've just eaten a meal maybe at a restaurant or someone has cooked a meal. And you sit down in your, in your lazy boy and you're just, oh man, maybe even you just... Uh, Put on your stretchy pants and just kind of, you know, watch whatever's on TV. But I want, before you do that, I want you to close your eyes for about five seconds. And then open them up and look around you. When you do that, you will have seen the garden God has placed you in. That is the garden God has called you to take care of. And women, that is the garden that God has given you to help him complete. 
It's something that y'all work at together. Well, also, I don't know if you knew this, but mothers have to fight the curse. There was actually a curse that we see in Genesis with when it comes to your relationships and when it comes to uh, your husband and your children. Genesis 3.15 says, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. What does that mean? That means in a family there is going to be drama. Some of you would say, Preacher, you ought to be in my house this morning trying to get all these kids up here and get all my family together to get here. On I mean, I understand. Sundays it's like you have to go through you know what just to get there. And then when you get there, you look good. But you know what? I hope it's worth it. I hope that God blesses you this morning because the trap is making husbands, children, friends, etc. Women, do not make your husband your God. Mothers, do not make your children your God. There was a time in society, believe it or not, where the parents led the family, not the children. And what we see in this curse is God created an order of of man and woman and children. And then because of the fall, because of sin, there is a constant battle between the woman wanting what the man wants and the man wanting what the woman wants and the children wanting whatever they want. That's the fight that we have to, to go against when it comes to our family. The second thing that we see is that an exceptional mother gives sacrificially. The second mother gives sacrificially. But women, just remember, you were created by God, and here's the deep thought for the moment here. If you and I found or we find our value in those that we love, check this out. If we place our value in those that we love, what happens when those that we love either don't love us back or they go off and they're gone? I mean, think about it. I can remember... When I sat at Anderson University and the first time mom and dad said bye and I'm like, go, I'm going to have my life and I'm going to have my freedom and I'm a college student now. And, and about after a day, I'm like, I, I kind of miss my mom and dad, especially when it came time to wash clothes and go out to eat and need money. But things had changed. I remember going back to home and uh, I had been in college for about a year my room was now a guest room with two twin beds and twin and, and new carpet. I'm like, that's my room. Well, you're not here anymore. That's when reality set in. But if if you place your value in the relationships that you have, if those relationships go south, then you have no value. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. Find your value in God, in his image. You were created. That's what makes you special. That's what makes you exceptional. And also, exceptional mothers give sacrificially. Let's read verses 13 to 21. Verses 13 through 21. It says, There is a generation how haughty, excuse me, um, on chapter 13, she selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She, bring, she is like the merchant ships bringing her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and portions her servants the, 
She evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She draws her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. She sees that her profits are good and her lamp never goes out at night. She extends her hands to the spinning staff and her hand holds the spindle. Her hands reach out to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. Verse 21, she is not afraid for her household when it snows, for all of her household are doubly clothed. What we see here is that an exceptional mother gives sacrificially, sacrificial in her labor to not only protect, but to provide for her family. We see in that passage that she was able to make clothes for her family. So when the winter came, that they would have that type of shelter and that type of protection. She was able to get food. She was able to go and provide. She was able to do all of these. She was superwoman. I never knew how bad it was to go to the grocery store on a consistent basis until God told me, you know what, you need to help your wife out. You need to go to the grocery store. So now, every week, unless I'm sick or I'm out of town, I'm going to Walmart. And I see half of you there. I mean, you cannot go, I mean, it's almost like you, you don't want to dress up to go to Walmart, but you kind of got to because you might, you're probably going to see somebody you know. But that's my thing, and, and I've learned that, that now, you know, I don't see how for, for 15, 16 plus years, she did it all the time. But you know what, that's one little thing that I can do. And anything men and children and sisters and brothers that we can do to help out these that are mothers is going to make them more exceptional. But we see the woman here in the passage, she was a God-fearing woman, and she gave of herself to benefit others. Even today, some of you mothers that are in here have been up all night and all morning cooking so your family can enjoy the food when you get out of here and I'll finally finish preaching. You're like, hurry up, preacher, I'm hungry. I understand that. But imagine that. It's a day for mothers, and yet we're still making our mothers cook. You can't beat the cooking there, right? And you know what? I'm sure most of them do it joyfully just to be able to have the family around. But we see that mothers will work when others don't want to. And they're also sacrificial in, in her compassion, this woman is, in this passage here. It says in verse 20, to not be so busy that we don't give generously to those that are in need. I think about the precious ladies in our church that are mothers, sisters, wives, that they have busy households, but yet they still want to make sure that they give to missions offerings. They still want to make sure that we collect items for different ministries. They still want to make sure that we're helping other people. She's sacrificial in her compassion and also sacrificial in her love. It says in verse 23 that her husband, children, and those around her are great because of their love. You've heard it said, behind every great man is a greater woman. That's absolutely true. And this could be the verse that talks about that. But also we see an exceptional mother has character. An exceptional mother has character. Verses 25 through 27 say this. Strength and honor are her clothing. If you've got a Bible that you're underlining or circling, underline strength and honor. 
Strength and honor are her clothing, and she can laugh at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and loving instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. What we see here is that she treasures inner beauty over outer beauty. She treasures inner beauty over outer beauty. Like I said, most of you in here today, well, I'll go to all of you. All of you in here, you look good today. And I've told people, and I make no bones about it, my wife has a, a huge impact on what I wear on the Sunday mornings. She'll say on Saturday, hey, honey, go pick out your shirt you're going to wear. And I'll go pick it out, and then she'll look at me and say, you're going to wear that? <laughs> I know that I made a fashion faux pas. And, and, but uh, she, she knows... What, uh, what works well, and, and I've heard plenty of men talk about how much they appreciate the ministry of Merle Norman and Mary Kay and Avon and all those other people. Because w- women like to look good, do you not? I mean, mothers, you like to look good. But we know that there is inner beauty that fades. I mean, look at the reflection in your mirror as you get older. Inner beauty fades. I mean, excuse me, outer beauty fades. But inner beauty can remain. And we see here that we don't need to obsess over the outer beauty, but focus on the inner. For example, if you go up, have you ever seen a tree that looks strong? You lean up against it and all of a sudden it starts to fall over because you didn't know it was rotten. It looked good on the outside until pressure was put upon it. Also, we see in verse 26, it says that she communicates words that encourage and build up her family. Kind of like... I remember my mama said, you ever said that, guys or girls? How about this? When you get, you know, you're a teenager, but then you get into your 20s or something, and all of a sudden, have you been there? Raise your hand in just a moment if you've done that. Where you say something, and you're like, oh, my gosh, my mom used to say that. Anybody? Okay. <laughs> it, it happens. Or, or, oh, my gosh, my dad used to say that. Well, I was trying to rack my brain on some things that my mother has um, said to me over the years, and there's plenty that I can share and some that I cannot, but uh, maybe she'll get a recording of this and be able to, to defend herself. But I remember when I was driving, we were going through the back roads of Boiling Springs, South Carolina, and she would say, just because it says 25 miles an hour doesn't mean you have to drive that fast. <laughs> 25 miles an hour. Also, she always taught me to always work in such a way to where the people you work for need you. She also taught me to memorize scripture because there will be times, James, when you need the scriptures and a Bible will not be around. I cannot tell you the number of times that that has blessed my life. She also has said that I could do anything that I set my mind to. These are many of the words that have built me into who I am. And those of you that are here today that have mothers, you have had the same type of influence that has brought you to this point today. But as here in verse 27, it says, A mother is always looking and guarding over those that she loves. Folks, we guard and look after those that we love. Don't be that parent that says, okay, you just I, I trust you, you do whatever you want. That might come back to bite you. Who are your friends? Where are you going? What are you going to be doing while you're there? Those are important questions. I mean, would you, would you let your, your young 10 or 12-year-old 
or 14-year-old just drop them, uh, drop them out in the middle of New York City and say, best of luck, son. No, because you know that there are dangers. There are dangers everywhere. And you look and you guard after your family. And the last point we see is that an exceptional mother leaves a legacy. And we even uh, spoke about that some last week in the sermon. But on leaving a legacy, let's read verses 28 through 31. It says, Her sons rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women are capable, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But the woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Underline that verse. But the woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her work praise her at the city gates. What we see here is that God's word helps us express appreciation for our mothers. Do you know where Mother's Day came from, anybody? Well, it was first celebrated in 1908 when Anna Jarvis held a memorial for her mother in Grafton, West Virginia. Her campaign began to make Mother's Day an official recognized holiday that began in 1905, the year her beloved mother, Anna Reeves, died. Anna's mission was to honor her mother by continuing the work that she had done to set a day aside to recognize her. That's where we get Mother's Day from. But also we see an exceptional mother instills the fear of the Lord into her family. That, folks, is the key. If, if you were to hear nothing else that I have said today, what makes a mother exceptional is the, instilling the fear of the Lord in their family. To making sure that the Lord is part of the family's DNA. Because we see if we go back to Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. This is the theme for the entire book of Proverbs. Which is fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Full wisdom is not a culmination of all our worldly experiences. Full wisdom and having full knowledge of life is by trusting in Jesus Christ. John 10.10 says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Other translations say more abundantly. Why is the world in the shape that we are in today, folks? Because we have lost the fear of the Lord. We have lost any sense of shame. We live like there is no hell. We live like Jesus is not coming back. Somewhere along the way, we dropped the ball. There is no fear of the Lord. We express our appreciation for our mothers in the way that we live. And I hope that our lives as we live give credence to the legacy that our moms and our dads put the fear of the Lord in our life. In closing, Matthew 26, 13 says, I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. What woman is he talking about? The woman who had an alabaster jar full of perfume and anointed Jesus' head with oil before he died. Listen up. Before you pack up, I hear the zippers and I hear the... the don't worry, you'll get out in just a second, I promise. But do not miss this. Those Pharisees were looking 
at that woman thinking, why in the world would she waste a year's wages of perfume on Jesus? I want you to understand something. When everybody left that room that day, she was the only one that smelled like Jesus because she sacrificed of herself for him. How can a woman meet all of these requirements in Proverbs 31? You can't. But that's why we have something that we've been studying on Wednesday night called sanctification. A process of becoming holy. You are not perfect and you are not going to be perfect. But you will be one day when these bodies that we have fade away and we are joined with our heavenly bodies. We will be perfect. But for now, we have to do our best and depend on God's grace and God's forgiveness. A godly woman, wife, mother, or sister cannot be everything to everyone and be perfect. But she can be a woman who serves God and is empowered by Him to take care of what God has blessed her with and where He has placed you. Women today, women in this room, understand, I know your life is not perfect. And I know that you have hang-ups. And I know that there are some things that you, in God, you probably need to have a discussion with him about. But understand that God has placed you in your family, in your place, for a reason. Whether you're married or singled or divorced or widowed, God has got a plan for your life. He loves you. And last but not least, men and children, listen to me very carefully. Do our lives help her become who God has created her to be. In the end, does our life build them to the point to where they can be what Proverbs 31 calls us to be? There's only one way, and you know that this is coming, but there is only one way that we can find the fear of the Lord, and that is by accepting Him as our Savior and Lord. And I know that we are, we are a church full of people that have prayed to receive Christ, and you've been there, done that, and you're here with your mom, and I'm grateful for you because there are many other churches represented here today. And I would say, please, go back to your churches with the fear of the Lord and tell people that you need to do whatever it takes to win others for Christ and to make these women exceptional. But if there is one, just one person in here that doesn't know what it means to be saved, if you do not know that whether you were to die tonight, you would spend eternity in heaven or hell, this invitation is for you. We're going to stand and you can come up front and you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt whether you're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. I can think of no better present to give your mama than to know that when y'all final, finally meet the end of the road, that you'll meet in heaven one day. But also... I just want to pray for those here today that just have needs. If you have a prayer request or you want to come forward and pray, you can do that or you can do it right where you are. But I do want to give someone the opportunity. If you want to meet Jesus Christ today as your Savior and Lord, would you please come forward? Would you stand?